Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is Case 15, The Crosses. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and a laugh track that just seems to go on forever, gradually shifting in tone until the giggles become shrieks. Yet the camera pushes in closer and closer on the wide-eyed terror of the sitcom family who hasn't yet uttered a single catchphrase. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Ben. Oh, yep. Sorry, guys. Brian's not here. Matt as Kyle. Hey, Brian, say nothing if you want to just give me 50 bucks. Sweet. Cha-ching. And Lupine as Rosa. I'm only three and a half years old, so be be nice to me, right? Okay. You're this many. So many fingers, so little time, right? This many. Well, welcome, players. How are you guys doing tonight? Warm, I hope, not being snowed upon. Definitely being snowed upon, but, you know, being inside of the domicile tends to minimize the effects of snow. There's a roof above me and also a neighbor, so they'll get snowed upon before I do. I'm in a basement, so I got a floor and then there's another floor and then there's the roof. So I got a lot of clearance, I'm just saying. We're talking levels upon levels upon levels here. It's like an onion in here. We got layers. (laughs) Or a parfait. Well, I'm uh, feeling super giddy today because here at this household, we're beginning our adventures in the new Frosthaven board game. And what with all the latest D&D hoopla, I wondered if you were able to play a prototypical RPG character, what class would you be and how would you apply those medieval skills in the modern world of 2023? I'd be the type of rogue that would just hide at all times everywhere. I'd be like in the corner and you wouldn't see me. I'd be at a party and they'd be like, where's Lupine? And I'd be like, I'm nowhere. I'm not here. The hell? The curtains are talking and the curtains have really nice shoes. I'd have to say I'd probably end up being more of a ranger where I'm a little more designed to be a little further back, but then I would totally forget and just run up and start hitting things. So I'd probably multi-class into a bit of Barbarian. And in 2023, that works. If Brian were here, he could attest that my, my general gameplay style is I'll poke at things. And then at about 10 seconds of poking, I get really bored and I just sprint straight into the middle of everything and start swinging. It is definitely a strategy. A strategy. I would choose to be a necromancer, resurrecting the dead left and right. Aunt Maggie got crushed by a grand piano last week. Wakey, wakey, time to make your famous peach pie. Little brother got run over by a reindeer? Suck it up, buttercup. And here's two for flinching. Trump keeled over five minutes ago from a massive heart attack? Well, death's a bitch, isn't it? Nod, 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 nod. Nodding, smiling. Smile and wave. All right. Well, listeners, if you would like to drop us a letter from beyond, please contact us on our website at lovecrafttapes.com anytime. Uh, We do accept thoughtful criticism, thirsty praise, and even Totino's pizza rolls hot out of the oven filled with ectoplasm, beetle dung, and green M&Ms. But only the green ones, otherwise you violate the terms of our writer. And Matt will get very angry. And you wouldn't like him when he looks like a green M&M. Hulk thirsty. 
And this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes. So thanks, everybody. Appreciate all the moolah you are funneling our way from your coffers of saved up newspaper routes and couch cushion change. I don't know where you get your money. I'm not one of those people who likes money. I'm doing air quotes for the audio podcast. Money. I think you can hear air quotes in my voice too, can't you? Money. Oh yeah, air quotes are, are audible. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Have you ever dreamed of being on the silver screen? Do you enjoy cutting capers with your friends and family? And more importantly, are you over 18, but under 21? Well, you're in luck. Here at Starlet Starlet's Agency Incorporated, located in beautiful downtown Burbank, California, we are always looking for fresh talent. Why, just last week, I personally booked a client for a gig at the newly opened Soylent Mint Chewing Gum Factory as their Paramia spokesmodel. They asked, wouldn't you like to see yourself in our gum? And she replied, yes. I haven't heard from her since. So I assume they wanted to keep her around. Yet another success story. Chilling dog food and cleaning products not quite your thing? No worries. We're always in need of young people willing to dress up like movie stars to stand in front of the Chinese theater. Just bring your own costume, smile and wave at the toasts, then collect any tips that might have been thrown your way throughout the day. Oh sure, your feet might be tired from standing for 10 hours straight, but we've arranged premium transportation back home, provided by Travis Biggle Taxi Services. They must be good, because no one has ever complained, at least to me. Let's chalk that up to a win. And if you put in the time and pay your dues, you'll get a walk-on. For those pictures, the tobacco companies are always producing. You know, one of those (sniffs) snuff films? Man, those guys got deep pockets so they can afford the best editors, but let's hope you don't end up on the cutting room floor. Does all that sound like a promising future? It does. Huh. Okay. Well then, call us for an appointment at 555-7872. That's 555-STAR. Call today to become the next Starlet Starlet. And we're back. 
If you could improve that product under service, what one feature would you add, Matt? An egg timer. Everything needs an egg timer. Artificial skin on the hands so that they were soft and supple. I'd go with a convenient carrying strap, something with carabiners, a wool shoulder pad, and embroidered with cool lightning bolts so everyone would know how rad this product under service is. Yeah. Now, dear investigators, we play Case 15, Tape 3. These moose antlers don't fit. Previously, on the Lovecraft Tapes. Summer vacation for three teenage friends begins quietly enough in Las Cruces, California, though the calm morning routine is soon disturbed by unexpected happenstance. Ben scarfs down a quick breakfast before heading out to meet his friends, but not before his mother reminds him to check in at Herb's Goods and Sundry later this afternoon for any delivery jobs. Kyle's aunt and uncle invite him to dinner while his father is away, which lifts his spirits enough to nail his football drills in the backyard. After leaving the farm, Rosa confides a secret stash of reading material to her best buds at the clubhouse. An unwelcome visitor disrupts their private perusal of literary works, but intrigues them with an invitation to see something far more interesting. So Gertie is walking away from the edge of the forest after telling you that she has a creature to show you. Huddle up. Come on. Right, right here. Okay. Okay. So okay. do we think it's actually like a creature or is it like the last time where she just put like a bucket on a mop and then like shook it around and was all like, oh, it's a scary thing. I think we're going to have to go see what it is just so that she'll shut up and go away. Uh, fair point. So we go, we tell her that, oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. And then we just immediately, like, leave. We could do that, and then we could, like, come back here, or we could tell her that we need to go back home and then circle back around to the clubhouse. We could read some of these some of these stories, some of these scary stories. Maybe by then we'll have uh, a big enough rock to fix a hole in the roof, you know? It's- maybe on the way, Ben will find something big enough. Maybe, maybe he'll find a rock pump. Or something. And uh, at this stage, uh, Ben does get a little irritated and stalks off towards uh, Gertie. I mean, you're just going to leave. All right, man. I guess he's got a bee in his bonnet, as my mom says. I'm going to stalk off after Ben. And the three of you easily catch up to Gertie. She keeps looking back behind just to make sure that you are following, purposely walking a little slower than normal because she desperately wants you guys to uh, see the thing that she wants to show you. And now that Gertie does have your undivided attention, she leads you out of the forest and across the northern section of town, prattling on and on about how excited she is for summer vacation. And are you guys excited about high school next year? Because she'd be excited because it's all the way over in Lompoc. And that place is full of excitement. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. it's not that exciting, Dirty. honestly. You know, it's I mean, it's high school. Yeah, we're just gonna, you know, it's just gonna be more, you know, learning and stuff. And I mean, learning is so cool. I mean, look at you, Rosa. I just hope I can grow up to be an old lady like you. Yeah, so old, very old. I mean, you're almost as old as my mom, right? I'm probably closer to you than your mom, but in age. Uh, I think. 
but I'm nine and you're like 14. That's like super old. Do you know how old your mom is? Mm, she's old too. I mean, you're just all old. Yeah, but you know what that means is we're older than you. It means you have to do what we tell you. That's that's how that works. <sighs> My mom says the same thing. Because we know stuff. You know, you were just saying with the learning. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Eventually, I'm going to know the stuff that you know. Probably, but it'll take a while before you go get the ice Maybe I'll know it earlier than you knew it. I doubt that. My grandma says I'm a fast learner, so. Grandmas are supposed to say those things. <sighs> Dad says the same damn thing. You know, you should learn. You should learn how to read a room because we need to keep this going. You also need to learn that mops are not monsters. It was the one time it was. You know, mops are not scary. You just got to clean the floor sometimes. Sometimes if you clean the floor and then you leave the mop in the corner and then that later that night you forget about it and you wake up in the middle of the night and then the moon's coming through the window and you see the mop and there's like a shadow on the wall and it's now no longer a mop. But it's still a mop. I was going to say, it doesn't, like, change. Don't they teach you object permanence by nine years old? I'm just saying, like, what if it was a mop, and then it wasn't a mop in the middle of the night, and then it was a mop in the morning? So it was like a were-mop? Yeah, it was a were-mop. See, I knew I knew you'd know, Kyle. I mean, you're so smart. Okay, like, where's the mop? Uh, show us show us your monster. I promise you it's not a mop, but just follow me. And she continues leading you. As you get close to the road, a car pulls up, a very familiar car, and it's Ben's mom. And she pulls to the side of the road, honks her horn a little bit. Ben immediately has like a dogged look about him and trots on over to his mom. He quietly gets in the car. They have some words. And then... She hops out of the car and trots on over to you. Oh, hey, Mrs. McKnight. Uh, hi. Hey, Kyle. Hi, Rosa. Oh, hi. Hi, Gertie. So why why are you guys hanging out with her? We're pitying her, you know, how it is with kids and their imaginations. She has a fun thing to show us or something. She swears it's not a mop this time, but, you know, I have my doubts. I'm not supposed to say this, but Ben kind of had nightmares after that. Of the mop? You know, he's very imaginative. His brain just couldn't. Anyways, I'm, I don't want to embarrass him, okay? And you can tell that Rosa's not going to let that go. I just need him for a little while, okay? Uh, we've got uh, some things to care of back at home. I promise you I'll get him back to you as soon as I possibly can, but I just really need him right now, okay? Look, he needs to head to Herb's Goods and Sundry at 4 o'clock to check for any deliveries that he has to do. So if you don't see him by then, would you guys mind taking care of it? Herb will let you know what to do. Just one of you guys uh, head over to the store by 4. Would that be okay? Okay. Can I ask you that favor? Okay. Uh, yeah. We can go talk to her. We'll, uh, we'll make it work. I trust you. But I got to go now. So good luck. Uh, have fun with the little one. Watch out for any mops. Yeah. Okay. We'll have you over for dinner sometime. Bye. And she hops back in the car and they both drive away. Ben looks out the window with a sad look. So as they drive away, Gertie looks between the two of you. Shrugs her shoulders and keeps walking. And you guys follow along. And you traverse the hilly scrub field beneath the blazing sun. Saunter across San Julian Road. Find a series of stepping stones across the creek. And then head unwaveringly toward her house in the distance. The Cooney Place is a ramshackle affair. A faded gray two-story structure tilting with neglect and covered in creeping vines. 
Beneath the afternoon sun, it looks like a sad building that recently got into a bad fight and lost. A few cracked windows have been patched with duct tape. But before you get within 30 yards, Gertie stops in her tracks at the edge of another stream that could be easily hopped over with a running start. Shit, she says out loud. It was right here. Can we see any place in the grass, like where something has been, anything big? You see a spot right where she's pointing where something could have been. What did it look like, Gertie? It was a creature, like it had, it kind of looked like something, and then... A mop? It wasn't a mop, Kyle. Oh, God. It was, I don't, you know, it was creepy. I just got a quick glimpse of it, and then it moved, and then it was gone. Uh, I figured you guys would know what it is. You gotta find it, guys. Come on, it can't have gone far. I guess let's go look for the mop creature, Kyle. I'll check the other side of the stream if you want to start looking around here. I'm just gonna very casually hop across to the other side. Gonna look around and see if I could find any tracks. Sounds like Rosa is going to attempt a track roll. Kyle, I assume you're gonna do spot hidden. Yeah. So go ahead and give me those rolls, please. Uh, I needed a 50. I rolled a 78. That's a failure. Eight under 30. So I succeeded hard. Success. Kyle hops over the crick. He begins looking over on the other side, on the Cooney side, picking up a stick and thrushing through the long grass, trying to see if he can detect anything. Rosa immediately sees some prints in the stream bed, uh, sort of on the one side of the bank, that indicates something is moving downstream uh, through the mud. Do they look like hooves or do they look like wolf paws? It's very hard to tell, but it looks like hooves, but they're not being planted firmly on the ground. They're more like sliding and they're quite small, only about the size of a half dollar each. And you only see two, not four, as you would suspect. From a normal animal. Hey, Kyle, I found something. Uh, oh, cool, because there's nothing over here. Jump back across and see what Rosa found. Gertie is sort of looking on behind you. What? What is it? What is it? Did you find it? How much do you want to tell her, Kyle? Because I kind of don't want her to, like, come with us. I don't know. Yeah. Gertie, we didn't really... I mean, we don't know where this thing that you say was here is... I think you're not telling us the truth. No, my mom says I'm supposed to tell the truth, and this is the one time I did. Wait, so when you told us about that creature you saw at the school, like that one that you looked out your window, you saw a creature at the school, that wasn't true? This is the one time you've told the truth? Well, that one, I thought it was, and then I looked again, and it kind of wasn't. But this is different. Can't you sort of see why I don't believe you? Yes. Okay, so don't you have friends your age? No. Okay, well, we're going to go run around in the woods. I don't know. I think you should stay here and, and think about, you know, telling the truth. What about the creature, though? What if he comes and gets me? There's nothing here. Sorry, kid, but uh, looks like maybe you just saw something. Sometimes my family's goats get out. Maybe you saw one of them. No, I know what a goat looks like. You think you know what a goat looks like? Yeah, what she said. I'm going to walk south towards Kyle's house. And then I'm going to walk off after Rosa. 
Gertie watches as the two of you walk south along the stream bed, and you don't go any more than 30 feet, Rosa, when you spot a clump of grass. Because you live on a farm, you instantly recognize the signs of something grazing, and it looks as if this creature ate some of the scrub. There is a small bush nearby with some purple berries on it. And beneath this bush is um, some toadstools, many of which the tops have been nibbled off and are missing. So only the stalks are left. I'm going to spin around and shout back to Gertie. You definitely saw like one of the goats because there's something that's been grazing over here. You need to get better at spotting monsters because they don't all look like goats and mops. I know what a goat mop... No, a mop goat. No, never mind. And she turns around and starts running back towards her house. Uh, she'll learn someday. That they don't all look like goat mopley. There are things out there other than goats and mops. Tahoe Tessie. There was something grazing here, so I guess we'll keep following. We can definitely keep giving it a look. Oh, Kyle, it was kind of weird because I did see like hooves and they looked kind of small. So, you know, like goat hooves, but I only saw two, like the tracks were only two hooves. So it, whatever it was, seemed like maybe, I don't know. It's a chupacabra. It wouldn't be a goat because all of our goats are fine. None of them have had their blood sucked out or anything. Maybe it's the goat man. Maybe. Cuckoo kachoo. Keep following the crick. About 40 yards away from the spot where Gertie said she saw it. The creature, as Gertie calls it, is nothing more than a fawn. Ah. However, you can immediately tell something's not quite right. The baby deer drags itself along the ground, breathing heavily but making no other noise, clearly unable to stand. In fact, its hind legs are fused together the tissue green and wet, almost liquefied. Whether this is a birth defect or the result of some flesh-eating disease, you're uncertain. It heeds you no mind as it continues to laboriously pull its bulk further along the stream bank as the afternoon heat pounds down. We have to do something. That's... Gross. How about Ichi make a sanity roll? That sounds pretty good. I needed a 60. I rolled a 24. That is a hard success. I rolled a 92 above an 80. So I failed. Kyle is more or less unfazed. Pick up a stick and just kind of start poking at it and go, you know, this green stuff kind of looks like the fungus that was in the locker room earlier this year. Ew. I had to like close down the whole place and like, to call in like special cleaners and stuff. It was crazy. Gross. But that stuff was black. Yeah, there was green stuff and black stuff. That must have been in the boys' locker room. You can tell, Kyle, that even though Rosa's trying to play it cool, she's clearly shaken up at the sight of this thing. Her face has gone a gray ashen color. Even though she's keeping up a patter with you about the fungus that outbreak in the, in the school last year, she looks like she could probably faint at the drop of a hat. I'm sure that was in the, the boys' <clears throat> locker room. Uh, you, uh, you okay there? Your, uh, 
Look at a little pale. I think maybe, um, I think maybe I should sit down. You might want to do that. Like right here and I just plop down. This seems like a good place to, to sit. I'm sitting, right? She's clinging to consciousness. I mean, if you want to call that sitting, I think it's more of like a yoga thing you got going on. This is not the lotus. This is the downward facing. She completely passes out. Scoop up a little bit of water from the creek and then just like onto her face. Thanks. You okay there? Yeah. It seems like you kind of left me for a minute. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was just weird. And then I look at the baby fawn again and I'm like, oh, that's, oh, okay, yeah, that that would do it. Yeah, you might want to try not looking at it if that's what did it the first time. But we have to, like, do something, because this poor baby fawn, I mean, where's it? Where's its mother? Do the fawn's legs look like the, the flesh of the actual legs is rotting away, or like they're wrapped in something? It looks like either they're coated in something, or it came out defective, and maybe it has gone to rot. Start looking around for a decently sized rock, maybe a small boulder. Kyle, maybe you should try to to poke the legs. Maybe the legs are wrapped together, and so you need to. As she's saying that, I'm just going to walk over with this decently sized boulder and just up above my head and as hard as I can, just whack right down onto its skull. It's the only way I can think of putting this thing out of its misery. The rock comes down and just crushes what meager life was left in this. Poor fawn. And it stops moving. Rosa, take one point of sanity damage. The two of you stand sweaty underneath the June sky, looking down at this very still corpse with its head buried beneath a large boulder. Rosa is going to like burst into tears. <laughs> Kyle, wait, why did you do that? We could have, maybe we could have helped. Oh, no. I, you, you wanted me to, I mean, I... But you said that... Let's just leave. I'm just... I, can we leave? Can you help me walk back to the clubhouse? Yeah. I'm, Let's just go back to the clubhouse. I'm going to try struggling up. Pick her up and put her back on her feet. That's better. Thank you. Okay. Let's go uh, this way. But isn't the clubhouse over here? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, let's... Yeah. <clears throat> let's go this way. Okay. And uh, you guys begin the slow trek back. The way you came, the mood is much more somber now than it was at the beginning of this morning. Besides the strange occurrence of finding the quote-unquote creature that Gertie reported is also amplified by the fact that Ben had to leave your party. It's, it's almost as if you feel like your trio of adventurers has been splintered. You find yourselves a little awkward around each other without Ben there to ping pong against or off. And also you feel maybe a little guilty about not believing Gertie to begin with. Those are the thoughts that you struggle with as you make your way back to the clubhouse. I am glad that Gertie didn't come with us. Yeah, that uh, might have been a bit rough for uh, someone her age. I don't know. That seemed really weird. Like, it didn't look like... I mean, I usually defer to you on these things. You're uh, you're like the animal person here, you know? When calves and lambs and, and like, kids get, get born with their legs tied together, it doesn't look like that. I don't know. Maybe I guess that was after a while of it not being fixed. 
So I, I, I don't know what they looked like if you just leave them, got tied up and during birth, and you just got left. That's gross, though. It is part of the great circle of life. What do you do with that, that lion cub? Stop it. Don't raise it over your head. No, okay. Just kind of look over and there's just this orange cat that wanders around town. It's kind of like the town cat happens to find us. I just look over and I'm just like up above my head with this cat is very clearly had enough of this shit. So I'm going to slowly put him back down. The bully got hold of the cat and like shaved it so it has a little mane. What's the cat's name? I wonder. Jeepers. That bully Harrington uh, picks on this cat all the time. As a matter of fact, one time, Rosa, you were very angry to see him out behind the back of the school flicking lit matches at it. I hate Harrington. Ah, dude's an ass. All the kids call him Harrington, not his first name. Randy Harrington, he's the local bully, and he has been held back in school. He should have gone to high school two years ago. Uh, So he's a couple years older than you guys. He's 16. You're always sort of on the lookout for him lurking around. As a matter of fact, being so close to Gertie's house, you were kind of casting glances to the north where you know the Harrington house is just across the highway there. But now you're back safe at the clubhouse and it doesn't look like Ben's going to show up anytime soon. So you guys got about an hour to kill if you want to do anything before someone needs to go to the goods and sundry place. And then, of course, uh, Rosa needs to be home by five to do some farm work. And you're expected at six to your uncle and aunt's house, Kyle. Do you want to go like see what else is in that chest? We didn't really get to look through the whole thing because Gertie showed up. I mean, we got a little more time to kill. We might as well see what else is in that thing, right? Yeah, let's go. And it's still there in that hollow log. So you, you crack it open and start bringing out the magazines. Again, Kyle, you're quite surprised that Rosa has these this cache of essentially men's magazines. Very risque looking ladies on the cover and inside. But as Rosa pointed out last time, uh, there is some very good fiction in there. And uh, the one that she seems to be enamored of is Graveyard Shift by Steve King. I definitely read the magazines because of the articles. That's that's why I'm so interested in this box. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's what some of the, the 16-year-old boys at the high school said too. Yeah. They also have a box mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. But is it as cool as this one? It's kind of hard to say, you know? Well, ours is pretty cool. I mean, do we want to just leave it here? We could, you know, put it back in the clubhouse. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, either one of you could take it up, no problem, and uh, you easily move it back to the clubhouse. I'm going to go ahead and just, like, dump it out on the floor. You've been through it thoroughly, and there was a single ammo round in the bottom. Everything else in there is simply uh, men's magazines, Cavalier magazine in particular. Whoever was collecting this seemed to want to keep this away from prying eyes. Too late. I'm going to hold up the bullet. Isn't this so cool, Kyle? Like, look at this. Dang. It's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. I know, it's so big. Um, I'm going to say we have a little shelf where we keep our like treasures. There's a conch shell there. All hail the magic conch. Make sure to blow it if you need to talk. We have a the skull of a, a weasel or something. One of the eye sockets has been like crushed in. I'll put it up there. We can show Ben when he comes back. I'll pick up the magazine with the stories in it. And of course, flip back to my favorite about the rats. This is my favorite. Do you want to? Do you want to hear it, Kyle? Do you want to hear it? Why would I not? Okay. So this is called Graveyard Shift. It's scary. 
So I'm gonna take a flashlight, one of those little crank flashlights, and hold it up. Even though it's daylight, so it doesn't really work, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Graveyard shift. As the afternoon wears on, the sun peak and is slipping back behind the tree. So it is starting to get a little darker in here. The heat is dissipating slightly as the uh, afternoon wears on. And you read the story to Kyle. Kyle, what do you think of it? It's definitely creepy. Like, I can kind of see uh, where she where she likes it. But, you know, why she's doing that the whole time, I'm just, like, slowly trying to scoot a little closer to the other magazines. I just want to read them for the articles, you know. Yeah. Rosa proudly finishes her oration of the tale. And, you know, you are so excited to have shared this with one of your friends that you barely even realize that he's not listening as intently. And it kind of doesn't matter. You just feel very cool to have shared it. And also you feel a calling speaking this out loud, being enamored of the film industry and your hope and dream of going to LA sometime and maybe becoming part of the industry. You feel as though you had just performed for an audience of one. Kyle, you're supposed to, you're supposed to clap. Oh, sorry. I'm going to start kind of half heartedly clapping. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to bow. And Cal, you see that she is just really happy right now. I guess maybe it's time to head to Herbs. I mean, it's about that time. I know we have to factor in walking. and Let's go. What do you say? Just in case it rains later, I'm going to take the now empty ammo box, look up at the roof and put it right under where I know the leak is in case it rains. And the both of you exit the clubhouse, scamper on down the rickety ladder. Are you both going to the goods and sundry or are you splitting up? I think we're both going. That's sort of the way I have to go anyways. I wondered if you you had uh, ridden bikes here. Oh, no, we rode our bikes. I think I rode, definitely. What kind of bikes do you have? Mine is blue teal banana seat it used to have like yellow tassels on the handlebars i don't even know i was in town one day and i got off the bike to go do something and when it came back the tassels from one handlebar had been cut how about you kyle what kind of bike you got it's just kind of a mishmash of bits and pieces of whatever i could find to keep this thing going it was my dad's bike for all those years we don't exactly have the money to get me something newer or nicer so every now and then i like to swing down by the junkyard and ask and see if they got any bicycle parts in and i have done a bit of bartering i've brought them some stuff from the house that dad wouldn't notice was missing because he never notices those things i've kind of traded for bits and pieces to keep it going it's painted black very poorly attempted to paint like racing stripes on it it's not at all a straight line and it's all over the place and there are like paint drips going down the side the two of you hop back onto your bikes and pedal your little hearts out back to town and uh you go up to goods and sundry now goods and sundry of las cruces has just about anything you'd need in a pinch grocery staples basic hardware and tools and and reading material, some of which Herb, the owner and proprietor, keeps on a high shelf behind the counter. But thankfully, the comics are in plain sight on a wire turnstile near the cash register. Herb likes nothing more than to jaw jack with his customers, keeping up a friendly conversation while he stocks shelves and sweeps the wooden planked floor. And as you guys come in, he's like, Oh, what brings you guys in today, Rosa? Kyle, what's going on? Hey, Herb. Ben had some stuff he had to go to. Uh, his mom kind of yanked him earlier. It was it was a bummer. 
Um, but we're here to to deal with the deliveries for him, uh, you know, because that's what friends do. Oh, well, that's uh, commendable of you. And he takes a glance up at the clock, and it's four oh one. Let me check and see what I got uh, back here behind the thing. Uh, you know, where, where what happened to Ben? It's mom dropped by earlier and kind of took him uh we we didn't get any of it unless you figured out what's going on rosa i she was going into lompoc to get some groceries or something so maybe she needed help carrying the groceries or something i guess i'll have to have a talk with her about that because uh, boy i swear all right let me see what i got back here um uh no that goes tomorrow that's it Oh, okay. Yeah, here it is. Just uh, one package today. Here you go. And he puts it on the counter, and it's a small brown paper-wrapped box, about eight by six. Very small with a label on it. I was hoping Bed could drop this off, but uh, this goes up to the uh, August house. You know, up at that uh, dead end. Oh, yeah. Right by Ben's house there. We could go deliver that. No problem. You know, I have to go back home after that. Oh, that's kind of what I was worried about because you're all the way out. Maybe, Kyle, you want to take this? Oh, yeah, I can handle that. I just have to go to my Uncle John's house after I drop it off. Oh, that shouldn't be too far for you. I mean, you're a big strapping lad. And look at that bike. (laughs) Man, that thing will last forever. It's a Frankenstein right there. Yeah, I mean, you you got to make it work, you know? Okay, well, you sure you got this okay, Kyle? Uh, oh, yeah. I've been out by Ben's house a lot, and I think I know the place you're talking about. It's like... Oh, you can't miss it. Oh, yeah, it's like creepy, and it looks like no one's living there. And Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I don't get much in the way of uh, deliveries for that uh, house. Alden, uh, I... He doesn't come around much anymore. Uh, it's been about a decade now. I haven't seen much of him. He doesn't even come to church now that I think about it. But he must get deliveries from someplace else. But for some reason, this one came here. So I'll tell you what, Kyle. I'll trust you this time, all right? If I get any reports back, you and me are going to have words. My English teacher said I had a hard time with those, but uh, I'll see what I can do for you. Well, just uh, get there lickety-split if you don't mind and uh, drop it off before dark. And uh, Rosa, I, th- I think you you best be getting home. Uh, your mom's going to be uh, after you. And I'm pretty sure I saw your dad already trundled by in the truck. Oh, Poppy's home? See you, Kyle. And sure enough, Rosa flies out the front door of Herb's Goods and Sundries and hops on her bike and pedals back to the farm. Kyle? You have a package in your hand with a label on it. I'll just take care of this for you. I'll tell you what. There's a root beer candy for you on the way, okay? Oh, uh, that's awfully generous. You don't have to do that. All right, be safe. Be careful with that, too. I have no clue what's in there. Walk out the door, settle as best as I can, trying to like hold this thing like under my arm while I'm still holding onto both the handlebars and I, so I can still keep pedaling. It's really light, actually. It probably weighs no more than a pound. It tucks easily up underneath your arm. Make my way at a pretty good clip up towards Ben's house. We've made the ride from the from Herb's up to Ben's house before many times. You know, we, we come down here sometimes to, to buy, you know, snacks and stuff. It's a pretty easy bike ride. You go towards the cul-de-sac. You know this place because it's yet another urban legend in Las Cruces. You're struck again as you park your bike at the roadside, that despite its age, the August house squats proudly atop an overgrown hillock at the midway point of the cul-de-sac not far from Ben's house. There is no driveway. Instead, a cobblestoned walkway from the narrow road leads over a rickety footbridge and up to a rusted wrought iron gate. 
the fence for which surrounds the entire property. The gate itself is unlocked and merely latched, as you discovered one nerve-wracking Halloween night when you and your friends nearly had the guts to knock on the front door. As it happened, the squeal of that gate as you opened it chased you away down the street, laughing with relief and fright, and you'd never been back since. Now, looking up at the imposing three-story manse, with its windows like blank eyes watching you, the old fear creeps under the scalp at the back of your neck. Just gonna sit there for for a second, gathering up some courage, and then I'm just gonna set my bike down. I I don't have a kickstand on it. I mean, it did at one point, but it doesn't anymore. Set it down on the ground, and then take another deep breath and just start walking up towards the front of the house. So you cross over the rickety footbridge, which spans a small creek, which is barely just gurgling, and your footfalls clatter on the loose boards and you make your way up to the rusty wrought iron gate and you can see that just like that night that halloween night there is still no lock and it's just merely a latch that pulls up and disengages it okay it's just a house push the gate open but kind of do it almost like at an arm's length kind of hedging it in case i do have to turn and run i'm trying to give myself as much of a lead as possible as you push the gate open it creaks noisily on rusty hinges, and beyond is the cobblestone walkway that goes perhaps another 40 feet to the front steps that lead up to a ornate wooden door. Take a second, just kind of look back and forth, very gingerly kind of just knock on the front door. Um, I I have a delivery here from Herb. Uh, you know, I was told that yeah, it was for you guys, uh, just... You know, it's it's here if uh, if you want it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set it down and go. Um, you know it's it'll 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 be here though. You know it's it's um um it's okay. Bye. Set the package down and like not run away from the house, but start power walking because you know you you don't want to look like you're scared. Can't show weakness because that's when they that's when they pounce. So you set the package down and turn around, almost stumble run down the stairs in restrained terror. And you hear a voice whisper behind you. Thank you, young man. Yep, um, definitely Ben. That's uh, me. You're welcome. Goodbye. Pick up my bike and just as quickly as I can whip it around and start pedaling very hard down back down the street. And as you pick up your bike and turn it around in the opposite direction, give me a spot hidden, please. I needed a 60. I rolled a 21. That's a hard success. Even though you don't want to, your eyes drift back to the house and see a curtain at the upstairs window fall closed as if someone had been watching you the entire time. And you pedal furiously to Uncle John's. Rosa, you make your way back to the farm and see your dad's truck there and realize that, ooh, yeah, you gotta, you got to get some chores done. So uh, you've got some weeding to do. you got to feed the chickens, the goats, the cats. What do you do first? I think I'm going to do the chickens first. And they're very hungrily and happily clucking away. There are some eggs to gather. They seem extremely happy to see you, proudly strutting around the yard. Pet my favorite chickens and avoid old Meriwether because she's just 
kind of bitch. Make my way out of the chicken uh, enclosure over to the goats. You notice in the field, Jezzy is suckling the kids, but only three of them. Where's the fourth? Feed the goats, and then I'm going to run back to the house to tell my parents because we're sort of close-ish to wild places. So I imagine coyotes grab them sometimes. Your dad is in the Barker lounger in front of the TV with a beer in his hand. Your mother is busily preparing dinner. Yes, honey. Hey, mommy. Hey, papi. I just fed the goats. And you know how, you know how Jazzy has four kids? Right now, there are only three kids suckling from Jazzy. Where is the fourth one? I'm not sure. Well, find him. Okay, let me go. Let me go look. I have dinner to make and your dad is not in a great mood, okay? Okay. He had a hard time at the farmer's market today, so. Okay. We give him some quiet time, okay? Uh, Let me know where you find him. And I'm going to run back out. And uh, and I'm going to go around the edges of the enclosure. Here, goat, goat, goat. Here, curry, 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 curry. You realize as you're um, walking across the enclosure, checking the edges of the fence, uh, particularly the parts that are facing or abut the forest, walking away from the other goats, uh, you suddenly remember that it's the runt. The little white goat. As you circle the enclosure, you do come to a spot where there is a portion of the fenced in area that has been damaged. A couple of the planks have fallen and uh, there's a little bit of blood on the edge of the fallen fence. Poke my head through. And beyond is the deep, dark woods that are growing even more dim in the failing sunlight. I know the the kid is not going to survive a night in the woods, if it's even still alive. Just be really quiet and see if I hear anything. Give me a listen. Okay, I rolled an 80 over 25, so that is a fail. You stop to listen, and it sounds like normal sounds. So you hear birds in the trees, crickets and so forth. I'm going to look down and see if I can see like any blood anywhere. Looks like it does sort of lead deeper into the forest. So I'd like to follow. I'm going to be kind of quiet because I think that this might have been a predator. Uh, you're going to roll track. That is a 62 over 30. So that is a fail. The blood trail continues on for about 20 feet, and then it's gone. There are no markings here. You peer deep into the darkening forest and begin to get a cold sensation, and you just feel almost that same emotional impact when you use the reach to find Kyle and Ben. You feel that same sense of disconnection when you can't find them. You realize that the goat the kid, the runt, is probably gone, taken by something. Book it back towards the hole in the fence was. You make it back to the enclosure and look at the fence and see that you can reset it, put it back into the notch, but maybe tomorrow uh, you'll need to come out here with your dad and uh, and fix it for good. Do I have a bright colored piece of cloth on my clothing? Yeah. I'm going to set it back and then I'm going to tie that around the slat so he could find it tomorrow. So you head back into the house to tell your mother what happened because your father is clearly not willing to hear anything just right now. Kyle shows up 
to Uncle John's. You go quite north past Randy Harrington's house. Because you have to go past Randy Harrington's house. I'm going to stop for a second and spit in the general direction of his house when I go past it. You make it past and uh, head up to Uncle John's and Aunt M. The garage is open. You can see that Uncle John's been working all day on an old Ford pickup. The three of you sit down. Emily has made a great meal. Fresh gazpacho from veggies bought from the Garcias. Sourdough bread that she baked and uh, she made a homemade raspberry crumble. Ooh. Emily's keeping up a patter with you. Uncle John is being rather quiet at the other end, and he's drinking his ice water and not even really looking at the two of you as you converse. M says, uh, so Kyle, what'd you do today? You know, it's first day of summer, so uh, spent some time hanging out at the treehouse with uh, the group. Uh, ended up running a, a delivery for Herb. Ben had something come up, so I just covered for him, you know. Oh, is he Okay. Oh yeah, his mom came and I needed his help with something. He would she was going into town for groceries. You know, I worry about that boy. He's so he's on the small side. He keeps telling me he's going to get a growth spurt, but I don't think he will. Yeah, I think you and I both know different. So what do you got big plans for the uh, summer then? I mean, when dad gets back, he's going to start drilling me hard for uh, tryouts in the fall. Plenty of time for that, Kyle. You need to at least enjoy the summer, you know? I mean, we're we're hoping uh, we'll have the time to kind of fix up the old clubhouse a bit as a couple of holes in the roof that need patching. We would uh, would like to get that fixed. Uh, maybe replace a few of the creaky floorboards that might be on their way out. And Uncle John clears his throat at the other end of the table. Clubhouse? What? You're still using that little clubhouse? I mean, yeah, we haven't found anywhere better. Well, just be careful in them woods. Oh, you know us. We're always careful. I mean, except for that one time Ben fell out of the clubhouse. That I mean, it, it, I probably shouldn't have pushed him that hard, but yeah. Uncle John slams his hand flat on the table, rattling the glasses and the plates. I'm just saying, just be careful in the woods, all right? It's not what you think it is. Right. So, Uncle John, how's the uh, the engine rebuild going on that 58? You uh, you need some help with it after dinner? No. No, I've got some things. I'm sorry, can you excuse me? And he gets up and sort of weaves slightly and then heads into his bedroom and shuts the door. Is uh, he okay? He uh, seems a, a bit spacier than normal. I'm kind of worried about him. Kyle, we need to have a talk, hon. I'll tell you what. Meet me out on the front porch, okay? Uh, would you mind cleaning this stuff up? Just just put it next to the sink. I'll take care of it later. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. I'll see you in a minute, okay? She gets up and walks outside. Gather up uh, the dishes and all the plates and forks and glasses and very neatly stack them uh, next to the, the sink for her, like she asked. And then I'm going to... Grab a couple of glasses down, fill them with a couple ice cubes, and then uh, pull a jug of sweet tea out of the fridge because Aunt M always has uh, always has some fresh sweet tea waiting. And I'm going to pour us both a, a nice tall glass, and I'm going to take them out to the front porch. The June evening is full of chirping insects and the occasional shadow of a bat swooping. You walk up to M. She has her back to you, leaning over the rail, smoking a cigarette on the front porch and you can see she already has a drink in her hand but she turns quickly to you oh th thanks hon and grabs the sweet tea out of your hand and puts it on a little side table but continues drinking whatever's in the other glass i i'm sorry you had to see that 
I mean, I noticed he's been getting a little bit weird, but I, I didn't think it was this bad. It's gotten pretty bad. It's gotten worse. I had hoped that we could have a nice dinner, and but he's the meds just aren't cutting it anymore. He's still taking them, right? I know he he doesn't like to, but I'm he is still taking them, right? I don't know. He says he is, but his mood swings are just crazy. I mean, ever since he came back, it's been. I know he has dreams, the nightmares. He saw some terrible things over there. I've only ever heard what they print in the newspapers, but it can't imagine what he actually saw. He doesn't like to talk about it. I, I and he, he wants to protect you, but I don't think he's capable of handling it himself, and he just will not get help. I mean, you know how he is. He had a hard enough time uh, asking me to help him with some of his car projects. He's he's always been stubborn, though, right? I mean, that's that's not new. No, you're right. You're right. I just, Kylie's just, he's not the same man. I know how that feels. Dad still hasn't come back to himself ever since mom just wandered off. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to. The family just needs a break from this. You know, I, your dad and your uncle, they're birds of a feather. You know, they take trauma and anxiety and their own mental anguish and they don't know how to compartmentalize it or process it. And I've been trying to help him, but you know, sometimes I'm just at my breaking point. It's going to lean over and give her a hug. And she leans in and hugs you back. And after a few moments and she flips her cigarette into the front yard, slowly pours out whatever was in the other glass, straightens up. Okay. Um, I'm going to pack you up something to go, okay? Uh, I know your dad's going to be gone for a bit, so come on inside and I'll I'll, I'll fix you up a nice Tupperware, okay? Oh, you don't have to do that. I'm... No, I insist. I have lots of leftovers, trust me. <laughs> we don't eat as much as we used to, so. Okay. She heads back in. Take a second to kind of look over where she poured that stuff out, and I'm just going to turn and head back inside. And she is busily in the kitchen uh, stacking the dishes and filling a large Tupperware container full of leftovers for you. Even though you're concentrating on her, you can't but help hear soft crying coming from the other room. Although you thought this would be just another boring weekend in the crosses, summer vacation is shaping up to be more intriguing than expected. As you lie on your bed, Saturday's events ping-pong in your brain as you try to make sense of this new information formulating possible explanations and pondering future events. Your excitement level is high, and you're not quite certain you'll be able to sleep, but, like all things, eventually, time catches up, and your eyelids grow heavy, relentlessly pulling the shades down over your conscious mind. Sometime in the middle of the night... You're awakened by a noise. It's a formless sound plumbing the depths of slumber. But by the time you surface, only the chirp of crickets, the hoot of a distant owl, and the low hum of a semi-truck on the interstate drift through your open window. The fog of sleep reaches up to you like a tentacled beast from the deep, pulling you back to the brink of dream. You sink, willingly, 
back into warm, dim nothingness, welcoming the familiar embrace. And then the noise erupts again. Heart hammering, wide awake, you sit bolt upright in bed. Was it another wreck on the highway? It sounded like a crash, but more sonorous, louder. Earthquake, maybe? The echo, still ringing in your ears, tells you it wasn't close, but it wasn't too far either. Possibly a mile or two? Holding your breath, you wait for it to come again, so you can pinpoint exactly where it originated. But the noise does not return. It is nearly an hour before you're able to fall asleep again. Visions of shifting tectonic plates plaguing your nightmares for the rest of your restless sleep cycle. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. I'm not convinced that the thing over by the Cooney house that Fawn is the same as whatever was going on with the goat. There's something else going on with Uncle John that Anton just doesn't want to tell Kyle. Did someone bring something back from Vietnam? Guys, now it's time for hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. I'll go first. If I'm being honest, because I live and breathe this podcast, pouring my heart and soul into its writing and production, I don't listen to many other podcasts, partly due to time, but also because I need a mental break from audio programs in general. However, because I'm not exactly a spring chicken anymore, I hop on the treadmill a few times a week, and during that hour of mindless, excruciating exercise, I need something to distract my clamoring brain, which is urging me to go back upstairs and scarf down that leftover bunt cake in the fridge. So, instead of feeding my face, I feed my ears with a show that was recommended to me, in which I am recommending to you. Smart less. Actors and lifelong friends Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett get together, joke around, poke fun, and then take turns surprising each other with secret interview guests. They are each insightful interviewers, bringing their trademark comedy and scintillating wit to the table, and you can instantly tell that they are good buddies in real life. Their recent guests have included Bono, Steven Spielberg, John Krasinski, or the Kraz as they call him, and Edward Norton. So if you, like me, need to laugh when you realize you still have another couple miles to run before you're allowed to go back upstairs and raid the larder, give Smartless a listen. All right, Matt, give us your recommendo. If you were here last week, you recall that I would say that the next three weeks of recommendos were going to kind of be a themed set. We'll put a pin in that. I promise I'll come back to the other two in that set. Uh, But I had uh, a brand new game shadow dropped today during an Xbox developer conference, and I downloaded it immediately after the show was over, and I have not been able to stop playing. It is called Hi-Fi Rush from Tango Games. It is a a third-person rhythm-based action brawler. Uh, You play Chai. He comes about as the result of some, some shady corporate doings where he is part of an experiment 
to replace parts of humans with robot parts to make them more efficient at their jobs. Uh, However, during the process of receiving his new robot prosthesis, uh, something goes wrong, and he ends up having an MP3 player uh, entombed in the power source in his chest. And what this does is it gives him the ability to see and hear and feel the beat of the world around him. And the, the world around him moves in time with the music that's playing. And what this does is it literally turns the game into a rhythm brawler. Uh, as you go through the world, you'll have constant music playing, a mix of uh, original stuff, as well as some really awesome licensed tracks that they use sparingly throughout the game, so it's kind of special. Even if you're you're like me and you've never been super great at rhythm games, they make it easy. The way that it works is as you fight, your attacks are always going to land on the beat of the song, uh, so you never have to worry about just flat out missing anything, but they reward you for staying in sync and in time with the music. If you manage to press your buttons and time your combos in beat, uh, you get stronger attacks, you get really cool finishers, uh, you get opportunities to continue combos, uh, and then you add in things like being able to jump and being able to dash around the field, and it turns into this really, really fun game of zipping around. And when you nail that and you're, you're really in time with your music, it is absolutely magical to just fly around and, you know, pummel these these robots and watch them explode into pieces all with this amazing rock soundtrack blaring in the background it's a beautiful game too it's uh almost like a hand animated kind of anime style and it's very bright and it's really vibrant which i love because there are way too many games out there nowadays that are like brown and green and gray and serious and this being a vibrant explosion of a color is just super refreshing i played a couple hours straight i've made it through two of the boss battles and i have to say that i'm enjoying it a lot more than i thought i would uh i picked this up because it is on game pass so uh, if you have game pass feel free to check it out at no cost uh otherwise it is 30 bucks which isn't bad thank you matt and we'll move along to lupine give us your recommendo so unlike jeremy i only touched treadmill under duress Extreme duress. Anyway, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I have one today for you all that I thought you'd like. It's called the Mayfair Watchers Society. It's a little bit like a an anthology podcast. I'm not usually a fan of the anthology podcast, but this one gets to me. And I think it's because there's the central element that all of these stories take place in this place called Mayfair. It's like this little suburban, kind of suburban town. There's all these weird things that go on in Mayfair. You may find this surprising, but not a lot of things scare me. But this one makes me look over my shoulder like, what was that noise? And am I alone in my apartment kind of thing? I mean, it's it's a really fun podcast. They're fairly new. They are coming out fairly recently. Uh, you don't have to listen to them in any sort of order. I am because I'm a completionist and that's what I need to do. Short horror stories, really, really creepy, good stuff. So Mayfair Watchers Society. Thank you very much, Lupine. And guys, that's going to be it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review and let us know how awesome we are. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Mastodon at Lovecraft Tapes. Uh, and if anybody uh, wants to help me figure out what's going on with my uncle... 
Uh, you can hit me up on Mastodon at the Real Weird Kid. I guess some people don't know that goat screams sound like human screams, but they do. And it's really disturbing. And you should go look up on YouTube, which definitely doesn't exist. You could look me up, though, on Linktree. I'm at Linktree slash Lupine Vendetta, all one word. Until next time, roll for a wounded fawn. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2023. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.